Ohio Habla es un podcast que nace del proyecto Narrativas Orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio. Exploramos la experiencia latina con entrevistas en español, inglés y spanglish. Welcome to Ohio Habla. I'm Elena Fowles. I'm chatting today with Gabby Elders. Gabby is originally from Dayton, Ohio. She's a senior pre-vet student at The Ohio State University, studying biology while double minoring in Spanish and Lat Latino studies. As the president of the Puerto Rican Student Association, in addition to her previous involvement with Latinx student success cohorts, Gabby has been exploring what Latinidad means to her throughout her undergraduate career. Bienvenida a este episodio, Gabby. Thank you. Uh, tell me about growing up in Dayton, Ohio. So I'm originally from Dayton, but it's a I actually came and like lived from a little suburb in Dayton called Clayton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And I've lived there ever since I was four with my mom and my younger brother. Mm -hmm. um, and we, growing up in Dayton, we went to Catholic schools. I feel like that's not a common thing, especially, <laughs> especially in Dayton itself. But we went to Catholic schools and we actually went to... Uh, Our high school is actually in downtown Dayton. Mm -hmm. And so being in downtown and going to Catholic schools, you would think they're not so diverse, but we actually have like a good mix um, of diversity within our schools, which is pretty surprising. Um, but I think my neighborhood has come a long way mm -hmm. in terms of like diversity and stuff like that, especially because when my mom and we all first moved in, she was like the only person of color in mm -hmm. our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And then now all of our direct neighbors are also people of color. So like I've seen the evolution of our neighborhood, which is great. But I think just Dayton in general, it's a really good location. Like it's an hour away from Cincinnati, an hour away from Columbus. Mm -hmm. So even if there's not too much to do in Dayton, especially growing up, Um, there's always the two bigger cities not too far away, so there's always something to do. So I've loved it. I love Dayton. A lot of people mm -hmm. don't, but I do. I think it's a good place to grow up. So, Are both of your, you identify as Puerto Rican, mm -hmm. right? And are both of your parents from Puerto Rico? So it's actually just my mom. So uh -huh. my mom was born and raised in San Juan. Um, she came to Ohio originally at the age of 18 for mm -hmm. school, and mm -hmm. she went to the University of Dayton, which has a pretty surprising like Puerto Rican population, which mm -hmm. I thought was interesting, and some of my friends even go there. Um, yeah, but it was just my mom, and she met my dad through my aunt, because they worked together. Mm -hmm. And yeah, later along, I came, to, <laughs> I came down the line. Um, but yeah, so if you, you want to break it down mathematically, I'm mm -hmm. half Puerto Rican, although I don't like to say that mm -hmm. as much. Um, but even when my brother and I were younger, my mom would, I like to say, ship us to Puerto Rico to visit our grandparents. <laughs> so we would spend like the whole summer down there with them. So that was like a really good part of my childhood. Right, right. Um, so you also identify as Latina, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, what does that mean to you? Um. Yeah, I always I always think about that question and ponder, but I feel like there's a lot of ways to answer that question mm -hmm. if you want to be like politically correct and whatnot. But I feel like I like to answer it based upon like my own experiences. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I would spend the summers with my grandparents in Puerto Rico. So to me, being Latina is listening to Mark Anthony and like Ricky mm -hmm. Martin in the car, mm -hmm. eating my uh, grandma's, who we, I hope we call her mama, mm -hmm. her arroz con habichuelas, <laughs> <laughs> and ordering dos libros de pan sobao for my grandpa, mm -hmm. and just kind of like those personal memories of mm -hmm. being back on the island, and especially like celebrating 
uh, Three Kings Day, and instead of like the tooth fairy, we had a raton, and like mm-hmm. we only had that with my grandparents and not like at my mom's. Mm. So I think it's like those personal experiences. That's why I feel like I do like to use the term Latina, and I feel comfortable using it, but. Mm-hmm. I know, like, when you can break it down to, like, race and stuff like that, but that's what being Latina means to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there has been much discussion about terms like Latinx, Latinas, Latinos, even there's a new term also, uh, Latine, with an E at the end, mm-hmm. uh, Hispanic, and we know that they mean different things, right. but that they are also used in a, interchangeably in some instances. Um, but the issue of language comes up as a way of questioning someone's Latinidad or Latinoness, right? right. Uh, what do you think about that? What has been your experience with language and identity? Yeah, I I think it's a fair question. Language is a huge part of culture, and I'm not disregarding that as a fact, but I feel like it isn't fair to question someone's Latinidad based upon whether they speak Spanish or not, mm-hmm. um, especially from my personal experience. I, we didn't grow up speaking Um, Spanish in the household, so I can't even consider it like my first or even like my second language Mm because I I like to say I'm only about 75% fluent. Mm -hmm. Like I understand a lot, but I don't feel comfortable Mm -hmm. speaking and I take a time, like I take a, I take several minutes to like configure my thoughts and my grammar is not always the best, Mm -hmm. but I'm still able to have those conversations like with my grandma and stuff. And I feel like that's what's most important. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've always questioned whether or not like I've been worthy within the Latinx community just because I don't speak 100% fluent Spanish. And I think it's really affected me, especially being here at OSU. I've been involved with a lot of Latinx student success. And like you mentioned, I'm the president of the Puerto Rican Student Association this year, Mm -hmm. but I've actually avoided being president for about the past two school years now, Mm -hmm. just because I always thought, oh, the president of PRSA should speak Spanish and like embody everything that is Puerto Rico. And I always thought I wasn't that, especially because of my language barrier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's, um, we should, uh, like to be Latino means that you have to be bilingual? I don't think it needs to be a requirement. Mm-hmm. I I feel like there everybody tries to put people in boxes. And I feel like especially today in this day and age and especially within the Latinx community itself, we're so diverse. Like mm-hmm. we come in so many different colors from so many different places even. Mm-hmm. Like you can and we all have different accents and different forms of Spanish. Mm-hmm. So even if you speak Spanish, you don't you might not necessarily understand it a hundred percent of what two people in the same room are talking about because they're using different slang that mm-hmm. you don't even know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just feel like a lot of people jump to that assumption like oh where are you from oh you're puerto rican oh so you do do you speak spanish like Mm -hmm. do you know so and so do you listen to this type of music and i feel like we just like to put people in boxes and just stereotype everyone just based upon the one category so like oh if you're latino then you definitely speak spanish you definitely know how to like cook and stuff like exactly (laughs) and it's like yeah i have rhythm but it's not always the prettiest thing so yeah I, i just feel like there's a lot of things that go into it and people just try to make it one thing. And I think that's where we need to think differently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In a class essay, you wrote about Michelle Cerro's novel you, and you compare some of the protagonist's experience with being seen as Latina many times due to her Spanish um, or her use of Spanish. Uh, she clearly speaks Spanish, perhaps U.S. 
uh, variation of Spanish, mm-hmm. uh, but is often judged by others for her pronunciation or minor grammatical differences. You say that one advantage the protagonist has is that she's visibly darker or brown or a brown Latina, unlike yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about this experience of being a white passing Latina. Yeah, that's another part of the identity crisis <laughs> that I feel like I've been dealing with my whole life, but especially in undergrad. And I feel like it stems with within my own family. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my mom, my mom's side of the family is the Puerto Rican side. And I always feel like when I'm in the room with them, when it's just all of us, I'm the gringa of the group. Mm-hmm. And I'm excluded from the conversation the majority of the time because I don't speak fluent Spanish. So mm-hmm. I'll have to like talk to my brother in the corner somewhere. Mm-hmm. And So I'm Latina on my dad's side of the family, and they like to categorize me and, like, compare me to my mom. Like, oh, you get so-and-so quality from your mom. That, like, that's your mom's genes. That's not, that's not what we provide you, kind of. That's not where you come from. Mm -hmm. Like, you're you're not necessarily a part of us. And, like, it hurts. Mm -hmm. Like, my mom always told me one of the first things that my paternal grandma said when I was born was, she's white. And that's a little bit of a stinger. Like, I love my grandma, but at the same time, it's just, like, knowing the fact that she thought of that or that was, like, a concern, Mm -hmm. it hurts. And when you boil it all down, I'm not white enough for my white side of the family, and I'm not Latina enough for the Puerto Rican side of my family. And it hurts. But at the same time, I know I have to deal with all that personally, but I still have to recognize that I do have privilege as a white-passing Latina. I don't have to worry about um, not getting a job offer due to my last name or getting stereotyped Jason Pecan the color of my skin because I walk down the street and I don't have to worry about getting pulled over Mm -hmm. and being in fear and all that stuff. So although I do personally have war and have this crisis within my own mind and within myself, mm-hmm. I still have to like acknowledge the privilege I do have right. being a white passing Latina. Right. Mm-hmm. The comment you had about family members, uh, you know, and, and, and commenting on your, your skin tone mm-hmm. or, or whether you're, you know, what features are from this part of your family or the other. Um, I had a similar experience with a family member when, when my daughters were born, um, and they were, uh, they made a comment to the fact that they were very light skin and they were surprised. And, and I was surprised that they were surprised. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, uh, although I'm not white passing, I'm light skin. Mm-hmm. And so I, I asked, like, why would you think that my daughters would be darker than me, even, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, even though they were, see- they were seeing me in their mind, a Latino kid is darker. Exactly. Um, whether the parent is darker or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, um, you know, that's, those kinds of things um, are ingrained in, in people's mind right. that, you know, even associating that into, you know, what their reality is of like what the parents actually look like. Mm-hmm. We know they should look like the parents. Right. Um, so, yeah, um, it complicates things, right? It, right. Like, because th- they have in their minds th- 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 this idea that... Mm-hmm. Latinos or the, you know, uh, Latino children should look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughters are lighter than me. They have lighter hair than me. And I was surprised, too, you yeah. know, because <laughs> you um, never know what's going to come right, out. <laughs> exactly. When you have two different, um, you know, parents from two different races. Right. Um, but uh, but I wasn't uh, expecting also my kids to be 
darker than me, right? Right. Mm-hmm. right. Um, so yeah, so those things are, you know, they can get complicated. And sometimes, you know, it comes from sort of like the um, majority society, you know, those, right. those things, those comments. Um, but I feel like sometimes, and you might have experienced this too, it's even more troubling or complicated when it comes from our own families. Right, when it's closer to home. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like it's the little comments that you try not to pay attention to that hurts you the most. Mm-hmm. Like family vacation, they're like, oh, Gabby, it looks like you're getting sunburned. Shouldn't you not get burnt? Like, don't, shouldn't you get that from your mom? <laughs> I was like, everybody gets sunburned. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a common occurrence. So I don't know. I just feel like everyone holds expectations and mm-hmm. I feel like you can't live like that. You can't go into and just assume somebody is a certain way just because you have this preconceived idea. So you have um, now this big responsibility, I feel, as the president of the Puerto Rican Association Mm -hmm. to bring those issues to light, to maybe open up the doors to be a more welcoming environment of Puerto Ricans of different experiences and mm-hmm. races and you know whether you're from the island or the mainland right uh, whether you grew up in Ohio whether you're bilingual or not mm-hmm. um, how do you what do you think about that at that about that responsibility that now or opportunity right that you mm-hmm. have um, to to create um, a welcoming environment so that the or all Puerto Ricans um, right. can um, can feel at home. I think, I mean, I think it's pretty powerful, Um, especially this year. I'm the only member of the e-board who is an affluent Spanish speaker and who isn't from the island itself. Mm -hmm. I'm the only domestic, sort of say, (laughs) from Ohio. Uh So I think we've always been inclusive and we've always been about just promoting Puerto Rican heritage and you don't have to be Puerto Rican to be a part of the Puerto Rican Student Association here at OSU. Um, But I think we can definitely do more outreach and kind of just be, I don't know how to say this, maybe just more inclusive in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we've always kind of been a home for Puerto Ricans, especially, but even like some Dominicans too, who Mm -hmm. maybe they don't really feel as connected in LSA or like other student orgs. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just feel like maybe doing more outreach and just kind of saying, hey, like this can be a a space for you if you do speak Spanish and you want to practice your skills a little bit more and like Mm -hmm. find that um, root connection back to home but this is also a space even if you just want to learn more about your heritage like maybe I can speak from experience we have a lot of students here who did grow up in like all white um, neighborhoods and stuff and maybe they didn't really get that chance to express their culture and get to learn more about it so I feel mm-hmm. like if we just broadcast a little bit more of what we're about and do a little bit more outreaching to those groups who might not have had the chance to really explore their heritage growing right. up then maybe that can make the big difference in the long run. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that, that exploring, right, the heritage, because um, those students might m- might be like, oh, Puerto Rican Student Association, that's, I want to be there so that I can learn more, so that I can know more about my culture and connect. Um, and so, you know, it, it can start with being accepting of right. everybody's level of um, experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, whether... It, they grew up speaking Spanish or not, whether they grew up in a in a in a suburban, you know, uh, uh, area, which many times it, there there might not not have been another Puerto Rican family exactly. around, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I'm glad that that's part of the mission of the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, 
how does this, uh, when, when you have um, experience, you know, uh, uh, maybe reject, uh, rejection might, might not be the, the right way uh, or the right word, but um, maybe questioning, that questioning, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're Puerto Rican, whether, right. um, you know, things like that. Um, how does that um, questioning or acceptance into the Latinx community and your experience or from the things that you have witnessed affect Latinos or Latinas self-acceptance, right? Like uh, understanding who they are. How do we help those that are um, question often whether they are, uh, you know, Puerto Rican enough or Latino enough, and et cetera? How can we help them um, feel a, a space or a place for them within OSU, within the different Latino, Latinx organizations um, that can actually help them arrive to a a place of being proud, right, of being Latino? Um, Through my personal experience, um, I've definitely been finding finding myself through my undergraduate career career here, but I definitely think we need to encourage um, Latinx students to get involved with Latinx student success, Mm -hmm. especially here at OSU. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of schools aren't fortunate enough to have such types of departments and programs. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm pretty sure here at OSU, Latinos only make up about three or 4% of the total population, which is crazy to Mm -hmm. me. (laughs) We're so huge and we're such a small Mm -hmm. minority here on campus. But I think really encouraging those students to kind of become a part Mm -hmm. of an established community here Mm -hmm. on campus for Latinos is really important. And I think just going in and not making assumptions, mm-hmm. especially when they do enter those communities, mm-hmm. not a stu- not coming up to somebody and just start speaking Spanish. I always feel like it's more effective in like building relationship when you ask before doing anything else what language someone prefers. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's a more f- fluent way to start a conversation with others. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just feel like you just can't make assumptions and you can't assume that everyone's had the same experience. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's another thing to put in the forefront because mm-hmm. we're all so different we all come from so many different places and you might experience one thing but somebody might not have any idea of what you're talking about so I just think we just need to encourage them to get more involved within the community even mm-hmm. if they don't fully feel accepted so then hopefully they can learn more about themselves mm-hmm. with each other and then learn more about their culture and then kind of put be able to put the bits and pieces together from themselves and with the greater community too mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. Uh, Gabby, is there anything else you would like to add to this conversation about um, about you, about the work um, with the Puerto Rican Student Association, maybe even some of the plans you have for this fall, 2020? <laughs> I know. 2020 is the COVID era. So. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a whirlwind. But I think, especially as an org, we're just really trying to get um, new upcoming students involved, especially freshmen. Mm-hmm. Um, our e-board especially is all seniors or seniors plus mm-hmm. um, besides one member. So mm-hmm. we're just really trying to get more group participation, which is hard mm-hmm. <laughs> during mm-hmm. uh, a COVID year. Um, so yeah, I think we're just trying to figure out how to better build community amongst our organization. And 
uh, become a bigger part and player in the Latinx community here on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the last couple of years, we've been doing a really good job of networking with the other Latinx orgs, organizations here on campus, and really like establishing our own. And I think we've grown so much even since I've been a freshman. Mm-hmm. It's been a really beautiful thing to see. And um, yeah, we're just trying to establish home away from home. And I think it's really important to do so, especially when home can be thousands of miles away back home on a little island so (laughs) I think just doing our best to establish community and just community for all Latinx individuals whether you're brown whether you're not whether you speak Spanish whether you're whether you don't I just feel like as long as we can establish that inclusive community then we're we're on the right track to Mm -hmm. doing bigger and better things Mm -hmm. here at OSU especially great well Gabby thank you so much for this conversation thank you a todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima. Sí.